Ladies and gentlemen, Fourth and Trollers, welcome back to Fourth and Troll Fantasy, the most entertaining fantasy football podcast on the planet. I'm Noah Selby. And I'm Wes Selby. And we have got a show for you guys today. We are on week four of the fantasy football season. It is going to be, well, some tensions may rise here in this episode of Fourth and Troll Fantasy after a... (laughs) Thursday night football game that was, uh, well, interesting at times and disappointing for many owners of a certain third-round pick uh, and 12th overall pick in the NFL draft. We will get to that in just a little bit. But first things first, all things considered, Wes, how's it going? Oh, things are good. Thank you for asking me. I appreciate the courtesy. Um, I wanted to share two things since our last episode, literally two days ago. Yeah. One, it is so amusing to me how many people are walking up to me asking who Travis Kelsey is. It has been yeah. like all week long. Is this, So who's Travis Kelsey? What's he like? Is he good? I mean, like, is he just like, is he an important player? And it's like yeah. so funny to me. That here in the football community, it's like, oh, yeah, he's like the greatest tight end ever. He's been to three Super Bowls and won two. And people are yeah. still learning who Javis Kelsey is. Very funny yeah. to me. Um, second thing I want to share is, is, is just something for uh, you trollers, fantasy football players here. Always submit the waiver wire, no matter what priority you are. Okay? So... Why, Wes? I, Why should we do that? I got Devon Achan as the seventh waiver priority in a 10-team league. And I asked them all, excuse me, wh- how, how? They all thought the person in front of them was going to get Achan, and they never even submitted the waiver. They never even submitted it. Because the first two people decided they were going to go get someone else. And the third person thought, no way, HN falls to me. Fourth person, no way. Fifth person, no way. Sixth person, no way. Always, here's your lesson, always submit the waiver. Worst thing that happens, nothing changes. So that's how my week is. I've got HN in the league I thought I was never going to get. Whew. Good to hear. I'm glad you play in a league with erasers. That's fun. Anyways, oh my right. goodness, my, what is going on? Listen, yeah. <coughs> excuse me. I wanna, um, I wanna apologize oh, for that. You're still muted. Oh, oh there you go. There you oh, go. Never oh, mind. You're good. Oh. You're good. Hey guys, wanna apologize for that coughing hey. there? I'm just still sick from the performance and usage that we get from Jameer oh. Gibbs by this Lions coaching staff. Okay, I got a little bit out. I got a little bit out. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to it in a second. How are you outside? Later. Outside of Thursday uh, night, how are you? I'm good. It's like cooling down at night in Arizona, so it's not uh, a nightmare nice. to walk the dog at night. To, you know, all that stuff. I'm fine. I'm doing. I'm, all things considered, I'm good. And 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 we we made it to a Friday episode, and I don't feel like I've lost my weeks in fantasy yet. So that's a good thing too. I did not get yeah. Devon HN on the uh, on the waiver wire. I'm uh, I'm uh, my, my cough is also a little bit. I'm still sick from you know dropping him before week three yeah. because I saw zero path to success for him early on, and 
I was in a place where I needed production now. So, man, I, I was like, you know what? I only played 10% of snaps. Didn't play week one. Yeah, where I have to, I'm going to drop them. Huh. Way to go, Ooh. dingus. Nailed it. Way Ooh. to go, Noah. Crushed it. Knocked it out of the park. <laughs> I mean, it, listen, it was, it, it, that's how fantasy goes. So it is what it is. Listen, we do have an awesome show for you guys today. We're going to do a little bit of week four preview. Thursday Night Football recap. It's going to be a fun time. Going to do some studs and duds. Before we do all that, though, make sure you're following us on social media below. Make sure you subscribe. Ring the bell. Drop us a comment. Did you have anyone starting on Thursday night? Let us know how it went. We want to hear. And now that we're through that, let's jump into the news. we got a little bit to talk about just because we did do an episode two days ago. So not much more to cover, but some important stuff to cover because there are pieces that we do need to talk about. So, Wes, Absolutely. Let's, let's jump into it real quick. It is nice to have literally only three pieces of news following a Wednesday show compared to our Tuesday show. Three things here going on. Anthony Richardson, he is still in concussion protocol. He did return in full, and he is looking very good to be in line to start again. Things are going to change, obviously, for that Colts offense, but Anthony Richardson should be under center on Sunday. Also under center on Sunday, it appears Bryce Young is going to be the starting quarterback for the Panthers yet again. It does not look like Andy Dalton is going to be back. Bryce Young returned to practice from his ankle injury. He looks to be ready to start. And the Dolphins are probably going to get Jalen Waddle because he also cleared concussion protocol. They need him. Gosh, the Dolphins look rough they without Jalen Waddle. Oh, sheesh. I mean, How imagine bad. only getting double digit points in a game without Jalen Waddle. Ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> that's a game. Everyone's begging yeah. for the NFL to flex the Dolphins and Bills to Sunday night instead of Jets Chiefs. Anyway, that's it. That's all we got for the news. Andy Richardson's ready to play. Jalen Waddle's ready to play. Bryce Young's ready to play. Let's talk about Thursday night in this Lions Packers game and what we learned. Mm. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's jump into it. And listen, I'll, I'll preface all this by saying I've had time to cool down. But I do want to make a public apology to my wife, who I went on a rant to uh, uh, about about halfway through the second quarter. Because um, she could tell and sense that something was, is, is everything okay with the game? And I went, I don't really want to talk about it. I don't really want to talk about it. And then about a minute later, I went, you know what? I'll talk about it. You know what? Here we go. I'm going to talk about it. And, uh, you know, so I, I, I love you, sweetheart. And um, thank you for letting me play fantasy football. You're an angel. Huh. Anyways, here we go. Mm, okay. Very nice. So Thursday night football, we see the Lions come out on top over the Packers. Divisional game was exciting for a little bit and then a little boring and then exciting towards the end. And then got boring again and just kind of up and down. But... So performances to talk about, and we'll just jump into it, because Jameer Gibbs was a must-start for me. Uh, I thought, you know, this is going to be the opportunity he has, even if David Montgomery returns, which he did, and we will talk about that in a little bit. Jameer Gibbs, he's bound to have the breakout, and this feels like prime time under the lights. He is going to have that, that time to shine. 9.1 fantasy points. I stopped checking his points in the second quarter. So... I'm amazed that we made it to 9.1. Yeah. Eight carries for 40 yards. What's that? Five yards a carry. Oh, fantastic. Great. Cool. Uh, four catches on five targets, only 11 yards. Um, last, last target he had, 
Fantastic. Designed play. Would have loved that in like a third down situation early in the game. Maybe maybe that works out. A little designed screen play on an end around. <sighs> Wes, I'm a Jameer Gibbs owner in a lot of in a, in, in a handful of my leagues. I believe it is three. Three leagues yes, I are. have Jameer, I have Jameer Gibbs. High hopes for the guy. Now, am I alone in that? I don't think so. No. Because the Detroit Lions drafted Jameer Gibbs with the 12th overall pick in the NFL draft. The 12th overall pick. What, so, so certainly there is a game plan. They had a player who was so comparable to him in DeAndre Swift. They draft him 12th overall in the NFL draft. Surely he's going to take over this role. He's going to get more looks because it's going to be a better situation because Dan Campbell wants that guy. We saw the war room whenever he was drafted. They nearly broke a table. Like it was like, like what are like, they were so excited for this guy. What are we doing? Yeah. What are we doing with Jameer Gibbs? I mean, I listen and I can understand the argument from, from others that it is, Listen, they're up twenty. They're up twenty-four to three. They're up twenty-four to three. They're winning. David Montgomery is two touchdowns deep right now. Like, cool. Like what? Like what? Like they're not going to risk a young talent maybe to just get him on the field. But it's situations in like this where it's, you look at it and you go, okay, you drafted the guy twelfth overall. If that's the situation you're going to be in. Why did you take him with the twelfth overall pick in the draft? Like what? Like hmm. it, I struggled to comprehend what the thought process was with that. If they didn't have a clear plan to make sure they got Jameer Gibbs the ball on fifteen designed plays a week, like that, if he got fifteen plays a week where it was like, dude, killing it. He's at he's got you know ten carries and he's got you know, five catches or whatever, and they were designed plays specifically for him. It's the, the usage feels so m- poor, so misused. And I don't, I, what do we do with Jameer Gibbs, Wes? Cause I don't, I don't know where we're at w- right now. I mean, I'm, it's a situation I'm, I'm a little lost. where if you own Gibbs, you can see the talent. And as you already referenced his yards per carry and, we can see that he has the ability when he has the ball. But I withdrew trade offers that I had pending in, in my leagues to acquire Jameer Gibbs because right now it, it doesn't feel that he is the lead back. And for better and worse, mostly worse, you hit the nail right on the head in the offseason that David Montgomery was your favorite trade acquisition your favorite offseason yeah. move from this year and and that was when DeAndre Swift was there so the way Montgomery's performing now is probably the way that you anticipated he would perform yeah. when Swift was the back but it's literally as if nothing had changed as if nothing has changed I, I, I wish I wish we had the full snap count from last night's game as I began looking at some of them, when Montgomery was out, he had a 60% snap count. How does your lead back have a 60% snap count when he's the 12th overall pick? And, yeah. and you trade away your existing starting running back 
because you have that much confidence in him. It's so confusing. He's not on the field. I, I, I don't know why I never saw him once in the red zone. I never yeah. saw him take a single snap in the red zone. It's no wonder he's not scoring because they don't give him the opportunity. It's no wonder David Montgomery walks away with 30 points because he's the only running back in the red zone. And, and, and I don't understand in what could be called garbage time. You could look at, at this game. I mean, the score, the margin was large enough that you could have put Gibbs in. I mean, Dan Campbell could have put Gibbs in and said, okay, we feel, we feel safe enough I know the Packers just had a comeback against the Saints last week, but we feel safe enough with our lead that we can let the young guy get the rest of the carries for the game and continue to build his NFL confidence. Didn't even do that. I don't think I saw Gibbs get a carry in the fourth quarter. I don't think I think he got maybe just that one target in the fourth quarter. He's the kind of player where you have to hold on to him, especially because the running running back position is so weak and sparse and there's a lot of injuries and it feels confusing but this is rough this is a, this is a rough start for for gibbs fantasy owners yeah yeah i drank it's, it's, I, I just I, <laughs> I had to crack i had to drink after halftime i was so upset i'm not even kidding i just cracked open a beer and just like the oppenheimer meme just like this is i don't know what to do now yeah I'm so upset. Yeah, you came up to I, I came up to you and I said, "Do you remember what I told you before the season started about David Montgomery while you were standing at the pond?" And you were like, "Yes." And I was like, "I fear we may have just I fear we may have just ruined the world." That's pretty much a yes. Well, Oppenheimer little little tease in there for anybody yeah. who saw. It. If not, I don't know if it's still in theaters. Jameer Gibbs owners to Dan Campbell. <laughs> what are the chances that Jameer Gibbs gets in the end zone? Dan Campbell near zero. Near zero. Yeah, 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 100%. (laughs) It's... Okay. I already... I I mean, I alluded to it already. But for how frustrated we all are with the usage and how this is going, and we're looking at this going, it can't get... Like, this is rock bottom for what we thought could happen. He got 9.1 points, you guys. Like, like I don't, yeah. again, like I said, I don't understand how we got there. Five targets is great for a running back. I do understand. He's freaking efficient on the ground. Like, like he, five yards a carry. He, I don't think we're at a point where, if you drafted Jameer Gibbs, you took him so high that I think you, you, you don't really have a choice to not start him. Unless you picked, uh, unless you grabbed Kyron Williams, or uh, maybe maybe like maybe you're thinking each week from now on maybe Gus Edwards or Jameer Gibbs or maybe James Zach Cook. Moss continues to be the guy or James Cook. Sure, I personally I'm going to keep rolling out Jameer Gibbs because if this is the floor, it's not what we hope for, but if this is the floor, I can take nine point one. I can take 9.1. I can yeah. take 9.5. I can take 12. We got 12 last week. I understand he was the top guy, but he got 12 last week. Rushing for like 4.7 yards of carry. He was fantastic. I can take the floor but because I don't know if I can get a, a guaranteed 9 to 12 points from 
someone else that I picked up off the waiver wire each week. I feel solid about Gibbs being a 10 to 12 point guy, but it is not what we we're hoping for. And he'll have the games. He'll have the games where he takes a where he takes a screen pass for 40 yards and a touchdown. I I was begging for him to just be in the game inside the 20, and he's just he's just not there. I don't under I don't understand how you don't have a as a team, I don't understand how you don't have a third down red zone play drawn up to get Jameer Gibbs open in space. Like, I don't understand how you don't have that in your playbook and in your right. sh- Give play a shot. sheet to, like, have it ready. Like, okay, third down and third down and goal from the six. Like, it's not like we can just plunge it up the middle. It's not like we're going to take a risk on a pass. But let's see. Maybe we get a little, you know, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it's. <sighs> Hashtag less than ideal right now for for Jameer Hashtag. Gibbs owners, but um, let's get it trending. Who knows? I, I, I don't know. I've got one. I've <laughs> got one final thought on on the situation yeah. because it is important that we do kind of you know clear our our thoughts. And you know, this is a fresh reaction to Jameer Gibbs, and you and I both. In, in pre-draft, you and I were like, ah, Gibbs is not really going to be that hot in the NFL, especially, you know, it just didn't seem like it was that great. And then the the only team that made him fantasy relevant to us was the Lions because it was never even a scenario. We both jumped on the bandwagon. We're like, you know what? He's going to be top 10. I wonder if this is the long game for Dan Campbell. I yep. wonder if he is preserving all of Jameer Gibbs' health and endurance and stamina and the play designs and play calls. And what if he is just preserving the entire Jameer Gibbs arsenal until later on in the season? Until, it, it, until, until they are making a push for the division title, until they are going for playoff seating. Who knows what the playoffs look like for the Lions? What if it really is just Dan Campbell's holding back until it's too late for defenses to figure it out and Gibbs takes over the NFL on a hot streak at the end? Cross my mind. Let us know what you think in the comments. Do you think Dan Campbell's preserving Jameer Gibbs, or do you think this is just the way that it is and that David Montgomery's the lead back? Because it looks, it doesn't look like Jameer is going to see the field maybe 50% of the time at this rate. Yeah. It it's going to be and I'll I'll say this. We I don't think we got a fair look at Gibbs and what his role truly will be in in games where they're tight, where they're close in a game. You know, the Seahawks game, he was the lead guy. So we this wasn't what we were usually hoping for. I mean, this might be a dumb argument because it's like, hey, he he got more chances to to show off and he still didn't. Like this may be a dumb argument, but yeah. for the game plan they have, we've seen Jameer Gibbs like just just be in games where the Lions want to run the ball out. I mean, David Montgomery had thirty two carries. Like, like it's not as if it's hey, this is a. Uh, tight shootout and this is a you know a third down play we have to get going let's get Gibbs here let's you know whatever it may be so I may be in denial but I'm holding out hope I think the floor is this nine to twelve point range 
and he'll have his games where he blows up. But it's definitely not what we hoped for. And so, Jameer Gibbs owners, we're with you. Like we, we're, we empathize. We are, we are in the trenches with you right now. And so we're hoping for better days ahead. Yeah. Let's move on here because another guy who had a fantastic, fantastic start to the game, your must start West Sam Laporta. And I mean, listen, nine point six fantasy points. It was all in the first half. Like he, he didn't get another yeah. target or catch. In the second half of the game, it was a little disappointing because I would, I, I've got Laporta starting in a league, and I was like, "Let's go nine point six at the half. We're looking at a, maybe a twenty point game. Maybe we get to the end zone. We're getting a twenty five point game. Like, let's do this thing." Didn't really get much looks in the second half. Obvi- <coughs> Excuse me. Obviously, they're up, so there wasn't much yeah. goal line tight end work to look for. That went to David Montgomery. Sam Laporta is still an every week start. It's lock him in. Lock him in. We yeah. got a comment, and I want to ask you, Wes. We got a comment from a uh, on on YouTube about someone asking, you know, they have Travis Kelsey, but they also have Sam Laporta, and mm. they they asked, should I just try and get some get some major value out of Kelsey right now and and have Laporta locked in here? I don't know. What do you, what do you think? But what would you do in that situation? I, I I think I've said this for about two weeks now, but it's always the always consider if you want your opponent to have that player. That's something that mm, I have begun sure. to always remind myself. It's like, am I okay having, am I okay with my opponent having this good player that I drafted, knowing they would do this? Sure. But you can obviously get tremendous value with Kelsey. As great as Sam Laporta is, he's not Travis Kelsey. Yeah. He is not Travis Kelsey, and Travis Kelsey is going to get beyond twenty-five points more often than he will get even less than. 15 because yeah. that was a statistic last year. He had more 25 plus point games than he had had below 15 or below 10. So I, I, I see the argument. I think it's a very good point, but keep them both. And worst comes to worst, you can roll out Laporta as a flex option. I think you did that. Noah yourself, you rolled out Laporta yeah. and another tight end in your flex because you saw the value there. It really depends. Yeah. I mean, is someone going to give you McCaffrey for Kelsey? You know, is someone someone going to offer Justin Jefferson? You got to look at the the very first round talent. Don't try to get multiple players. That's that's my opinion. What do you think? Yeah, I think uh, I think you nailed it. And I think um, the thought of getting value for Kelsey is is probably appealing, especially for the type of player you could get. But you are correct. Travis Kelsey is in a league of his own. So he is somebody that, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me, that he should be probably kept in your in your league. I mean, maybe on the flip side of this, look for somebody who maybe drafted David Njoku or Pat Fryermuth, and maybe you can get not as high value, but you could move Sam Laporta for probably some, some piece there. But the idea of, um, you know, getting rid of Travis Kelsey, shake it off. Just gotta shake it off. Oh, you are so good. <laughs> <laughs> My guy. Freaking let's go, you Swifty. <laughs> On that note, listen. Okay, let's jump into risky starts real quick. Jared Goff, 13.4 fantasy points, obviously. That was why he's a risky start. Started out bad. I was like, oh no, Jared <laughs> Goff on the road is not that dude. Um, but ended up having a better end to the second half. 
And then they just ran the freaking football for like the entire yeah. second half. It was just pretty. It's so 13.4 risky start for that reason. Jordan Love, 19.64 fantasy points. And before we jumped in and we were looking at the stats and before we recorded, Wes, I went, how did he get to 19.6? Mm, he, yeah. That all came in the second half. He had zero points at the end of the first half. He had a goose egg. He, had, he was very poor completion percentage for whatever, and 50 yards and a touchdown. He had zero points in the first half. Ends up turning it around 19.6. I'm still not entirely bought in, but hey, He's got some rushing upside he's shown over the last two weeks. He got Christian Watson back. He found him for a touchdown. Christian Watson wasn't anyone anything to write home about. But Jordan Love may may still be that guy. He may he may have we 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 put out a tweet that we said he should sell high right now while he still has his value. Yeah. Because coming into week four, his completion percentage, he was ranked 33rd, only ahead of Zach Wilson in completion percentage. Not great. So we'll definitely have to keep watching here. Maybe now is the best time to sell. I'm not sure. But if you had Jordan Love in your lineup, maybe you started him over maybe a Joe Burrow, maybe a Justin Fields, that sort of thing. You're not disappointed with 19.6 at all here. Uh, let's move on to our don't starts. A.J. Dillon, 1.1 points. Point. I can't believe I just Love. made that plural. Uh, five carries for 11 <laughs> yards. He's not involved. He's not the guy in the game script here. They were pretty much passing the entire time. So, yeah, what you can do. But A.J. Dillon definitely didn't want to start him. Josh Reynolds, 9.9 .9 points. He had three catches for 69 yards. One of them was a fantastic, unbelievable catch. Two of them, actually. I'm sorry. Two of them were fantastic catches, both on the sideline. Um, kind of plays where Goff was scrambling around trying to find somebody, ends up finding Josh Reynolds. So doesn't seem too sustainable and still feels like whenever Jamison Williams comes back that Josh Reynolds will be pretty irrelevant. So maybe if you want to stream him for one or two more weeks, but Jamison Williams should be uh, a name to, to have in your lineup there whenever he returns. Outside of that, we already talked about David Montgomery, 30.4 points, 32 carries. He obviously gets the three touchdowns. I was so annoyed on, like, the, one of their last drives because, like, the play sequence was, like, design screenplay to David Montgomery, and then Jameer Gibbs comes <laughs> in, and it's, like, half-back dive to Jameer Gibbs. And then the next play, it's yeah. design check down to David Montgomery, and then the next play, it was half-back dive to Jameer Gibbs. And it's, like, what are we doing here? Like, what are, what are we doing here? Like, what's happening? So... Gets a couple catches there on one of the last drives. A little bit of garbage time there, but 30.4. So he, he's, he's a must-start, right? I mean, you gotta you got to line him up in the way that he's playing right now. I mean, yeah. he scored – what was the stat on, on the Amazon Prime video? Something like he's the first running back since Barry Sanders to have three rushing touchdowns in his first three games as a Detroit Lion. Yeah. And – he got three tonight too. I mean, he he yeah. is he's having a remarkable rushing touchdown season, and he's clearly the goal line back. So yeah, I mean, right? You got to you got to line him up now going forward, huh? 
he he stays in your lineup. He's he's a hundred percent supposed to stay in your lineup at this point. Thirty two carries. <coughs> I did. <coughs> excuse me. Good lord, thirty two. I did not anticipate him being as Jamal Williams esque as he is. Like it is, it is almost carbon yeah. copy. Like Jamal Williams had like a three touchdown game within the first three or four weeks last year. Who knows? David Montgomery might end up being a top ten guy just because of these touchdowns. Like what he, it, it does not mm. feel like he will be forgotten on goal line opportunities for this team for inside the 10 yard line opportunities for this team. So congratulations. If you drive a David Montgomery, I mean, I, yeah. you got a, you got a locked in flex because he was going later as well. So you're in a good spot there. Amon Ross St. Brown, 16.6 points, pretty average. I mean, he always has the opportunity there for, the big play, the big, the big game at 16.6 is a very solid game for Amon Ra. Aaron He's Jones, 2.4 points. Yeah, very consistent. Aaron Jones, 2.4 points. I, I don't know what we attribute this to, whether it was game script, whether it was first game back. Obviously, he had the huge week one. This feels like this feels fluky to me because I, just, I agree. he is the lead guy. I think he was they were in an interesting situation. Better days to come for Aaron Jones for sure. Christian Watson gets the touchdown, uh, and so he ends up with 10.5 points on two catches for 25 yards. I think he's going to be involved. I do think he will. I think he has his role in this offense, but Romeo Dobbs had 13 targets, nine catches for 95 yards. Finally, the, the training camp headline that we heard is coming true like it like for any situation it finally feels like we got one right here guys and we bought in because <laughs> Romeo Dobbs this is three weeks now of four where he had I be- where I believe it is three weeks of 18 plus fantasy points he belongs in lineups if you have him if you have him he belongs there you got to get him in there uh, he's at worst a flex play with you know 18.5 points without a touchdown he's a threat to score a touchdown at any point I, I didn't even realize that he did this well. Yeah, I, I, me either. I, I was because watching the, the game. Just so bad. The Packers looked yeah. so bad that it was like, yeah, it wasn't that good, right? Maybe? No? Huh? All right. No, but it was, yeah, Romeo Dobbs, 18.5. Very, very good showing for him. Always a threat to score a touchdown. So when he does that, he could have weak winning potential there. Get him in your lineup if you have him. Yeah. That's it. Thursday night. We learned a lot. We learned a lot on Thursday night, and now we got a full week four to learn some more from. We're going to jump into studs and duds before we close out the show, as we always do on our Friday episode. Studs and duds, obviously. Studs, people we think are going to overperform. Duds, players we think are going to disappoint you this week. Wes, I love your stud for this week. I want you to I want you to tell the people because I'm just going to sit back and let you take it away. Okay. Last time for studs and duds, I said Alexander Madison was going to be my stud because it was now or never for him, and he produced. He did his job. He got 19 points for us. There's a situation where sometimes you got to look at the outside noise and figure out which players have a little fire under their seat and who need to perform now or never. 
My stud this week is Justin Fields. It is now or never for him, okay? You alluded to it actually last week, Noah, because I was already starting to brew that thought, thinking, man, this matchup against the Broncos might be really helpful for his confidence, the team's confidence, for fantasy football owners' confidence, and you dropped that little nugget for me last episode by saying, you know, Fields may have an opportunity against the Broncos. He sure does. Okay, because the Broncos organization looks like they are in a very similar spot to the Bears organization. What do you want to, which stat do you prefer? The fact that the Dolphins put up 350 passing yards on them last week, or the fact that they put up 350 rushing yards last week (laughs) on them? Because Justin Fields can do both, okay? I don't believe he's ever thrown 300 yards in a game, but this dude can run. In fact, speaking of the Dolphins, it was against the Dolphins that Justin Fields set the record for most rushing yards by a quarterback in a regular season game. He's got wheels. He's got DJ Moore. He's got really good tight ends with Cole Komet and Robert Tunyon. Something has to win. He's, it's either fluke or it's for real, and we find out on Sunday against the Broncos, who are totally embarrassed. It is now or never for him. And if he does not, if he does not produce 20 points, that's my mark. Friggin' Justin Fields, drop him. I dropped him. There it is. <laughs> yeah, listen. Justin Fields has a perfect opportunity this week. You nailed it. It is it is now or never for this guy. I really thought Kansas City was going to be the bounce back. And then when you're down 40 and you're only throwing 22 passes in the game, I go, okay, well, you must have 100 rushing yards, right? No, I, I, I could not figure out why on earth this didn't get pieced together in Kansas City. If it doesn't happen this week, you're absolutely right. It's now or never. And if it doesn't happen this week, I mean, you could probably drop him. You, you, you can. You can probably drop the guy. It is not going to work out. I, it was my concern coming into the year that, that he wouldn't make the leap as a passer. Maybe it's coaching. Maybe it's mind games for him. I don't know what it is, but it's not working so far. It has to work this week. I'm believing with you and hoping with you. I'm sure as many people are that this is the week that Justin Fields shows us what he did or what he can do. And, and, and we'll remember last year it took him four or five weeks to come on. So maybe it's, maybe it's just getting used to in game action again, his new team, whatever it is, but needs to happen for Justin Fields this week. So I hope, I hope you're right. Justin Fields week four dud. Let's go. I love it. I love it. Oh, I was I was done with my statement. I was ready for you to Excuse roll into me. your. Excuse me, I know. I'm so oh, are you sorry. okay? I went, I oh. went to go talk. Sorry, guys. I went to go talk, and I started to choke <laughs> and then burp all at the Sheesh. same time, and I wasn't sure what was happening. <laughs> this is why I subscribed and watch us on YouTube, so that you can see the incredible moments like this. If you are right. just an audio listener, you missed out on that golden moment there. Sorry about that, guys. I, I wasn't I, even looking. I was, was looking like, at the camera. <laughs> 
And it's just like, all right, they're just done talking. And meanwhile, Noah's over here about to die. I'm good. Don't worry, just guys. Just on their drive, like, yeah. ooh, <laughs> awkward silence. Okay, yeah. Meanwhile, Noah, call an ambulance. It's just, uh, you know, the police. Okay. <laughs> Let's go okay. with your stud. Week four stud for uh, me is a guy I'm really excited about, a guy I love, a guy I was super hyped up on coming into the season. Chris Olave. Chris Olave is my week four stud, and let me tell you why. He's the wide receiver 12 on the season right now, and he has not scored a touchdown. He has not scored a touchdown, and he is the wide receiver 12. He has over 300 receiving yards through three weeks. He has double-digit targets in every single game so far this season. So you may be asking, okay, no touchdowns. Good target share, over 300 yards. Why Why is he specifically your stud this week, Noah? Jabu Winston. That's why. Mm. Jameis Winston is going to be under center for the New Orleans Saints. You may be thinking, you mean 30 and 30 Jameis Winston? 30 interception Jameis Winston? That's right, 30 interception Jameis Winston. You know why? Because he's got balls. He takes the shots. He throws it deep. And guess what? Chris Olave is going to be on the receiving end there of those passes. Last thing, Chris Olave's target share with Jameis Winston last season, 31%. That is elite for fantasy football. Chris Olave scoring his first touchdown this week. He is my week four stud. I'm excited for a divisional game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We just saw A.J. Brown pop off. I think he's going to be that dude this week. Chris Olave, week four stud. I'm starting Winston in a league, BT Dubs. I love it. I I am too, actually. I'm in a situation where I have yeah. a car, and I was like, screw it. Like I, Winston is it. Like There you go. Like Let's do it. Yeah. I think I'm, it's I'm one of you. the two leagues I have Burrow, and in, uh-huh. our, in our Trollers League, I've got Kirk Cousins. So I'm all right with the QB1 on the season yeah. so far. But in the other league... I picked up Jameis Winston because something about the Bucks I feel is always going to be a revenge game for Winston because as soon as they shipped him off to New Orleans, they went to the Super Bowl with Tom Brady. And, oh, you should hear. I mean, I remember he went on a podcast with Cameron Jordan, and he just, oh, you could tell how hurt he was by that and just the reflection from that. So for me, I always love a revenge game. I always love this opportunity. There's something else about Chris Olave that I, I still am going to continue to throw out this, this idea that Michael Thomas might be um, just as important as Chris Olave with Mm -hmm. Derek Carr. Mm -hmm. Because when I read what was going on, reading the summaries from the saints camp, Olave and Winston were the ones that were connecting. Carr obviously connected with Chris Olave as well. As you just pointed out, it's got over 300 yards and his wide receiver 12 on the season. But Winston has connected with Olave. And I do believe that Olave is going to have some great success. And that transitions me into my dud, if you don't (laughs) mind. Yeah, The segue here because... My dud for the week is going to be Alvin Kamara. It's first game back after the suspension. Don't get me wrong. He's been practicing. No health concerns. He just wasn't allowed to play in any of the games. But he was practicing with Derek Carr. The offense that he knew as an eligible practice player 
was with mm-hmm. Derek Carr, and it was not with Winston. Everything from camp was Olave and Carr and Kamara. Now it is Winston, and that is a different offense. As you just said, yeah. he's going to ball out. He's going to throw 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions on Sunday alone yeah, because that's what he's going to do. The last thing I want to point out, Kamara is at a point where he's at the age where it's just not as successful for running backs to continue to dominate. He mm-hmm. has never had a 1,000-yard rushing season. He is a PPR machine. Sure, Winston can get him the ball, get him targets, but the Bucks' defense is still doing really well. I know that that DeAndre Swift just threw up a hundred. He just threw up. Yeah, he, <laughs> he, he put up a hundred yeah. and and thirty rushing yards against the Bucks. And yeah. Eagles Eagles offense is different than the Saints offense. Yeah, that Bucks defense is still really good. You saw what they did against Madison. You saw what they did against the Bears. Say what you want about the Vikings, the winless Vikings and the winless Bears, but the Bucks are a good team. Yeah. You can wait on Kamara to start him to see how he does as well because you drafted him so late anyway that you already have starting running backs. You may be in a spot where you have to, but I don't feel good about starting Kamara just yet. He's my dud for the week. Yeah. I, I am in that uh, pool of people who don't have a choice. I have to start Alvin Kamara this week. I just lost Mike uh. Williams, my flex. So I have to. It was at the right time. I, Kamara's back. So I am in a situation where I have to start Alvin Kamara. I don't feel great. My things that I hold on to here are that, okay, DeAndre Swift just ran for like a ton of yards. Against, okay, maybe that'll work in his favor. And I just hope he finds the end zone. My hope here with Alvin Kamara, and the thing, another thing that I hold on to, is that the Saints' running game has just been really bad, like really bad. It was for oh, yeah. the first three games of the year. I think Alvin Kamara is the most talented of players who have taken snaps at the running back position for for that room. So I'm I'm hoping maybe he's like. Maybe got a chip on his shoulder, and he's like, yeah, you'll want to suspend me? Cool. My, my running game has sucked. I'm going to show you what you got when I come back. But I don't feel great all at all. I don't feel great, and I'm, I'm just – 10 points. Yeah, like, Jameer Gibbs it. Give me maybe 10 points, and we'll see how it goes. I don't know. I, I, that's what I'm hoping for. He is my flex play, so we'll see what happens. But I agree that I, I, I'm not starting. I'm not starting him confidently, Wes. So I, I I don't see a great path for him on Sunday. But I am hoping that I'm wrong. Flex option is where you can risk it if you are in a situation like yourself where right. you have to, where there is no better right. option for you in the flex option for whatever reason. But. We'll see what happens. First game back, you never know what kind of anger he may have. But yeah. Let me that ask you this, actually, Wes. Because let, let's make a let's make a let's make a real time decision for Noah's lineup. Okay. I, Alvin Kamara, you've just said, is your dud. Uh huh. Would you start Alvin Kamara, who I think is a guaranteed fifteen-ish touches on Sunday? Or Jordan Addison, who is still playing less snaps than K.J. Osborne against Carolina. I know we love Addison, and truly it's like a, it's, 
I don't know. I, I it's a decision I'm probably still making. I I, I lean Camara, but I, I I'd love to be swayed to hear what what you think. Honestly, here's my pitch for Addison. Yeah. Okay. Panthers don't have J.C. Horn. They don't have Brian Burns. That makes up their defense. They're going against mm. Bryce Young, who Kirk Cousins is going to walk in and is going to say, look, there's no way I'm going to put up 300 yards and lose again. It, it, I'm yeah. going to dominate. It's a chance for Addison to have an opportunity to succeed. They're the most pass-heavy offense in the NFL. I still believe in all of the Vikings players for fantasy. We have not seen Alvin Kamara this year. Yeah. And that it is with a different part. quarterback under center than what we yeah. have seen the Saints perform as this year. So yeah. that's my reason. Between those two, I'd say Addison. That is true. That is true. And, I, I mean, if we think about it, you know what? Here we go. I'm making the, I'm making the switch. I'm making, making the switch, switch real time right now. And it, it, I think back on it, and I go, okay. We could say down week for Addison last week. It just wasn't as good as his first two weeks, but he, he still had eight targets, his most targets he had seen all season, six catches, his most catches he had seen all season, 52 yards, the least amount of yards he had seen all season. All in all, still an 11.2-point week. He was just missing the deep ball touchdown. That was it. If he gets yeah. the deep ball touchdown, and we're looking at this completely differently. So, I mean, yeah, I, you make a you good point. You know I think it is, too. It's when the game is on the line and they're playing a tough team, Kirk is going to force feed Justin Jefferson. That is the way right. it has been since last year, since really uh, two, like two years ago. So that's also the game script and what happens with the Vikings is that when they need to go, it's Justin Jefferson. Week one? Ah, they were down by a lot. So it was like, frick it. Go deep, Addison. Let's see what happens. Yeah. And it, 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 there's still so much of Addison that is, is great and the upside is there. That's my pitch. We'll see what happens. Real-time decision. Yeah. That was fun. I like that. Yeah. I hope it pays off. We'll, <laughs> we'll reconnect on our yeah. Tuesday episode and see how that panned out between the two. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. We'll jump in here to close it out. My dud for week four. Another running back in this game, just on the other side of the ball, it is Rashad White. Now, Rashad White has had a fantastic role in this offense. He is the guy. We all thought, are they going to add somebody to the backfield? Are they going to? Are they going to bring in maybe Zeke? Are they going to? What are they going to do? Rashad White's the dude. He is the guy. One really big game he has in week two, and then, uh, well. He had two like dud weeks, week one and week three, less than eight points in both of those games. It's a tough matchup against New Orleans. New Orleans has a very good run defense. Cameron Jordan, as old as he may be, he is still very good and is an anchor for that defensive line. It's a tough matchup. I think he's going to need a touchdown to be worth the start. I just think you need to temper expectations because while he is still the guy in that backfield, Baker doesn't like to literally check down a whole lot. I think they're going to be behind. I think they're going to be throwing the ball in this game. I've got Rashad White having a having a subpar week this week, and so I, he is my dud for week four for that reason. I did get a little uh, 
I, I kind of bought into the mirage for a moment in week two and how he succeeded yeah. and was like, oh, right, he was really good when Leonard Fournette was out last year. Maybe you should have got a couple shares from Rashad White, but you make the case that, and, and really we should remind all the trollers the reason that we felt that Rashad White would have benefited probably more if Kyle Trask was named the starter because we suspected that Baker Mayfield would want to do it all himself. And Mike Evans has been turning out really great so far. Chris Godwin is not doing very much, and it doesn't seem like anyone else in the offense is doing very much. I think Baker is still trying to show that he is rejected and he's proving people wrong. And, well, that's what happened with the Panthers last year when Y. McCaffrey was such a disappointment the first couple weeks up until... We watched him with our own eyes at SoFi, and then it was traded to San Francisco. So, yeah, Rashad White, as much as I like him, as much as I believe in him, situation with Baker Mayfield under center, tough defense. Yeah, good reminder. Thank you for for bringing us back to reality on the expectations for Rashad White. Yeah, it's, it, just because you're a three-down guy does not mean you are always going to be a no-brainer start. He's just somebody that I would have on my bench this week in a tough matchup, so... That is going to be it. And that's going to do it for the episode. We are going to have a fun time in week four. Some big games to watch where I know Wes and I will be paying attention to the Dolphins-Bills game. We're excited for that. It's going to be a fun time. Who's excited for that Chiefs-Jets game in prime time, baby? Woo! Let's go! Oh, my goodness. I can't believe I am saying the sentence I'm about to say, but please get Trevor Simeon under center as soon as possible. <laughs> I so saw sorry, you. Aaron. You picked up. You picked up Trevor Simeon in a in a league. I did. I picked up dog. Trevor Simeon in a in a dynasty league where I lost. Uh, actually, it wasn't even a dynasty league. I picked up Trevor Simeon. West, uh, a this is a thirty-two thir- man, a thirty-two person league. league. Um, I had Tua, and I just had Mike White rostered in case Tua went down. And I was like, you know what, Trevor Simeon might be starting caliber. Maybe I'll make a trade. Something like that. Whatever. Anyway, Trevor Simeon, please play for this Jets offense because it cannot get worse. It can only get better. And you will ultimately make things better somehow, some way. Let us know if you had Jameer Gibbs. We are with you. Drop it in the comments below. Let us know if you are taking one more shot on Justin Fields. It's going to be something to monitor there. It's now or never for him. Let us know in the comments. Make Teddy the Troll smile while you're down there by subscribing, ringing that bell. Follow us on all our social media below. Join us on Tuesday for our week four recap. And as we look forward to the barn burner that is going to be the Bears versus the Commanders next Thursday night, baby. Woo! My goodness. Prime time is hot and ready right now. Oh, God. I'm Noah Selby. And I'm Wes Selby. <laughs> this has been Fourth and Troll Fantasy. Fourth and Troll Fantasy is a production of FQ Media and Selby Artistic Workshop. Oh.